So when are we uh, gonna like? Where are we starting the recording at? Is this like part of the podcast? Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for coming on. I'm actually super excited that you decided to do it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I got like a million questions for you. I told everyone at work that I was interviewing you and then they had some questions for you too. So it'll be good. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I'm scared, but ready. You're scared? Why? Um, I'm just like not, I don't know. I don't talk about myself a lot, so. So this is the perfect opportunity. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so first question. So you're from Cleveland. Yeah. Um, how did you end up in Florida? Um, well, I, it, around the time when I passed my boards, um, the polar vortex happened up north and it was like negative 30. It was like something crazy. Like I never experienced like a blizzard like that. And I just got to thinking like, because I knew I wanted to get out of Ohio, but I didn't know where. So I was kind of looking at warmer weather climates and I saw this job opening at Lee. Um, I thought it would be a good place to kind of um, get experience and then just see how I like the area and kind of go from there. So that's kind of how I- Yeah. So like pre-polar vortex, did you ever think about Florida or was that like the deciding uh, factor? No, I never really thought about Florida. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. So like one, crazy environmental catastrophe and then you're like fuck this place i'm out pretty much <laughs> yeah that's wild so what actually i was talking to katie today and she's like oh you should talk to kathleen about the polar vortex and yeah. i had no i had no idea what she was talking about so like what was it, that um it was like this huge blizzard that happened in the winter of 2019 um i think it was like end of january like beginning of february and um I went down to Cincinnati to take like a practice board exam at my university and like we all got together like I was like meeting with like my old roommates and like we went out for the night because it was supposed to like miss Cincinnati and it was it like completely hit us like the whole entire city was like covered in snow and it was like crazy cold temperatures like with the wind chill and um, the next day I was supposed to go home and I was just kind of like well, should I like wait the night? But I knew it was gonna rain apparently like that night and it was like below freezing, like ridiculously. Like it was a it was really bad. Like homeless people were dying. What? Um, people losing power. Cause it was so cold. It was like, it was crazy. It was like negative 30, negative 40 or something like that. Oh my and, gosh. Um, I went home, I did, like, I, cause I was afraid of the ice. I was afraid of black ice basically the next day. That's what I was afraid of. But when I was driving home to Pennsylvania, it was like it, where my parents lived. It was like a five hour drive. And like, I kept hitting all these areas of just like white out weather basically. And like, I was just like white knuckling it the whole <laughs> way home, like praying that I didn't like crash my car. Cause if or I like die, car, did you think you're yeah. going to die? Yeah. At one point, honestly, well not die, but like, I was just like, I'm going to crash and I don't know what I'm going to do from here because it's a whiteout. So who could get to me? I, you know, what if like my car just stopped, you know, producing heat and it was like, you know, I only had my winter jacket and like, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I would, you know, like it was that kind you'd of, been, it was so scary. It you'd, was a you'd have been car. toast. Fuck. Yeah. What the heck? Driving so in crazy, so fast. 
um, I made it home somehow. Like I hit, I somehow got out of it. It was like in this very particular area um, around the West Virginia and Pennsylvania border. And then once I kind of got out of that, it was like, okay. And I was able to like, at least see like five feet in front of me. And wow. So then when you made it home and you're like, I'm alive, thank God. But you're like, this is the last time I'm going through this kind of thing. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. It's crazy. Cause I feel like I heard about it being in Florida, but like, I didn't think about it. Like whatever. It's cold. It hit the whole Midwest basically. I think from like Minnesota all the way through like Pennsylvania. So that's nuts. Cause then I thought she was talking about the Texas stuff going on now. That's what it seems. It reminds me of, but like Texas isn't used to like any cold weather. So yeah. So I guess good thing you're down here because there's no snow. There's no polar vortexes. You're safe. What if the weather keeps changing, you know, like with global warming and. Yeah. I mean, there's crazy hurricanes here. Yeah. Hurricanes. Um, I've never been through a real hurricane though. So I'm a little nervous for that. I mean, they're not that big of a deal. Um, I've been through like, I've been here my whole life. So I've been through a bunch and then Hurricane Irma was when I first started at Lee. And like me and my family left, we went to Mississippi because we, because we're like, oh, should we stay? Should we go? Like it was on like a hurricane category three or four or whatever. But then it hit like a category five, which is supposed to be the strongest one. Uh, Yeah. And then, but that was like last minute. So it was going to hit on a Sunday and we left on a Friday, which is super late. And so we drove, so it was like six of us and we're like, well, we're going to go to the closest kind of hotel that we could find like inland. Mm -hmm. And the closest hotel that would like fit six people was in Jackson, Mississippi. Every other hotel was booked from, from Florida to Mississippi. So we drove all the way to Jackson, Mississippi, and it's supposed to take 12 hours. It took us 22 hours to get there. It was, it was like the worst road trip of my life. So then I'm like, you know, I'd rather like die in a hurricane category five than do that ever again. So hurricanes really? aren't too bad. Oh yeah, it was, it was horrible. What, was the hotel like super expensive? Did they like jack up all the prices? No, not really. Um, it was no, nah, it was like a normal price, but it was just so far. Like I have to drive yeah. to Mississippi to get away from a hurricane. This is crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, it was it was stupid, and the traffic was nuts. There was like military, like on the highways, like guiding people and people running out of gas. It was it was like the end of the world kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, That's- but yeah, if you get, if, you, if it's a hurricane here, just stay. You're fine. You won't. Usually, like nothing happens. Um, let's see what else I got for you. So you went to occupational therapy school in ohio too yeah in cincinnati okay how did you choose ot like how did you choose that right was there any other careers that you thought of doing before you chose that um yeah like growing up like i thought i want to be like a lawyer or something um i was kind of i've kind of always been interested in like politics and law but um after like injuring my knee in high school I went through a lot of physical therapy and athletic training and I kind of it was I was like 16 going on 17 so like kind of deciding like what I wanted to major in in college and um I spent a lot of time with them and kind of was just beginning to think like maybe I could be a therapist and I did my research and then I found OT I liked how um holistic it was how many different settings you could be in and I went with that and my program was like an entry 
um, bachelor's to master's kind of program. So like once I entered in as a freshman, as long as I kept the grades, I was able to graduate early with my, with my bachelor's and then graduate early with my master's. So it was kind oh, of like shit. a graded program. So how, how long was the program? Um, it was five years. Oh, so it took like a year off, I guess. Kind yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Dang. That's, that's nice. Where did you go to school? I went to school at Xavier University. It's in Cincinnati. It's like a oh, little yeah. yeah, they have it's, a basketball team. That's how people the basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever go to basketball games and stuff? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, shoot. Yeah. I know. I've heard from, from people that you're a big basketball fan too. Big yeah. Cavaliers fan. Yeah. More professional, but I'll, I'll watch March Madness. Like March Madness is fun when Xavier was in the tournament. Yeah. Um, tell me exactly how you felt when J.R. Smith got the rebound and didn't know what to do with it in the game one of the NBA Finals in 2017? Uh, it just, <laughs> like, you can't, you can't be completely surprised with what J.R. does, though. Like, I just was like, uh, J.R. Like, it just was one of those moments, you know? Like, he's the same guy who walked off the court like to shake someone's hand in the middle of like an inbound play. <laughs> Did he really? I didn't see that one. Yeah. He like, I don't know. I think he thought it was like, I don't know what he was thinking. It was like <laughs> timeout or something. And he just walked off the court, like dapped someone up and was talking. And then they inbound the ball and like his guy was completely open. And then like, just like that's oh, great. Yeah. It just, he makes those mistakes all the time. So, Classic yeah. JR. It was tragic. <laughs> And we just kind of lost all our confidence after that. Did you cry at the moment? Because I was, I'm not a Cavs fan, but I was like, if I was a Cavs fan, I'd be bawling right now. I didn't cry. It was just kind of like shocking. I, really, I don't know. You're like, you're like, Jay, are you high right now? <laughs> Pretty much. And I was also shocked that like, um, what was his name? George missed the free throw. That was yeah, George Hill. George Hill. Yeah. I was, I was shocked he missed the free throw because he's a good free throw shooter. And I just yeah. believe he missed it. Yeah, because that, that was when I think that was the first year that Kevin Durant was on the Warriors. So like they were the, it was the last year. Was it the last one? Well, the last one that LeBron was on the team. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was like, this is the last like the Cavs aren't gonna win. The Warriors are a better team. But if you could yeah. sneak game one and get this, you never know what could happen. Yeah, get in their head. <laughs> Yeah. So after that, it's like, yeah, they have no chance after JR fucks up that bad. There was no chance. It was honestly a miracle we made it to that finals. Like, honestly, Toronto should have beat us in the conference finals. Oh, but, shoot. Yeah. yeah. That was crazy times. How, like, what's it like growing up in Cleveland with LeBron being there like, for a long time? The first time and the second time, was it? Like, I couldn't imagine being in the same city and being a Cavs fan. Was, like, like, I guess, what's that like? Um, in the beginning, like his first time, his first seven years there, I mean, he was like, he's literally like the king. I mean, he kind of just like revitalized Cleveland because, um, you know, we became a force again and because we have three sports teams that everyone's a pretty diehard fan of, but like none of them are very any good. So when the Cavs were good, because we had like one of the best players in the world, I mean, like bars started started opening up like the economy went up like he literally like drove the economy basically in cleveland That's so wild yeah. he's like the whole city pretty much he what he was pretty much yeah 
And then when he left, it was, it was really devastating when he left. I was very, I was very sad. And I didn't like how he did it. I didn't like how he made really? it. Really? Like, Were you one of the people who burned jerseys? Be honest, Kathleen. I, no, I didn't burn a jersey, but <laughs> I was, I, I, I did not like him after that. Oh, I was mad at him for four years. <laughs> did you want the Heat to lose every single game? Yeah, that... yeah I did. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I was thought, I didn't, I, I don't know how I feel about the decision. Like, I thought it was yeah. great that he, like, did it on TV where he could raise, like, you know, millions of dollars for the Boys and the Girls Club. Yeah, yeah. And then he just chose the Heat, I guess, but then... I, I never understood what people found so bad about it. Could you kind of help me with that? Um, it just felt like public humiliation, I guess. Like, just because, like, we everyone knew that we were all hoping he'd stay. And, like, you know, every day the news was, like, going back and forth. He's staying, he's leaving, he's staying, he's leaving. So it just, it felt like a public breakup. It was just kind of like, <laughs> I don't know. It, that's what it felt like. <laughs> I guess I guess I could see that. So you're saying it's not good to break up with your significant other in public. Yeah, announce it in front of millions. <laughs> <laughs> but then I guess if you're the other person or if you're the heat, you're like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but and then... that's not how things are done now. You know, they just, you know, they don't go and have an interview about it. Yeah, it was like a whole TV show, like The Decision, yeah, 8 o'clock, a... tune in to right. find out where LeBron's going. <laughs> that shit was wild and then I guess on the flip side how excited were you when you came back um I was yeah I was excited I was a little like apprehensive about it because it just was so it was so shocking like it came out of nowhere that he just was like I'm going home kind of thing but it it was so fun when he came back like those playoffs were so fun yeah he did a lot different I guess the second time it wasn't like a big announcement no tv show he just I think told some reporter yeah it was like an article I remember yeah yeah. Did you go to the uh, the finals parade when they won in 2016, yeah. I think? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I also went to game six in the first play in the first finals against the Warriors. So they won when I was there. What? Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. tickets were super cheap because like we pretty much had no chance of going. And I was like, this is like one of my only chances to like see a finals game, you know? So, Wait, which finals was this? It was 2015, game six, in the war. It was the Warriors' first championship win. Oh, and so the Warriors won that game? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so that was when the Warriors won the championship. You were there? Yeah, I was there. Oh, my God. How was the game? Uh, it, was, it was fine. But, like, we, we kind of trailed the whole time. And um, they were just so tired. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't mad. Like, you know like we had so many injuries like Kyrie was injured um Kevin, Kevin Love was Love out was too injured. yeah Kevin Love was out um Anderson Verja was out we had so many injuries like we basically were playing a six-man rotation and against the Warriors where you have to like play major one-on-one with them and yeah just exhausted um that's wild yeah. wait I, I, wait how'd you get tickets I still don't understand how you got NBA finals tickets that's crazy um like StubHub or something like people were, would sell their like season tickets, basically. Uh, was like, it expensive? Um, I think I paid like two hundred dollars or something. What tickets for two tickets? How good were the seats? Oh, I'm in the nosebleeds. Yeah. Oh, but like, still. When but when they're winning, like you know, if they're expected to win, the tickets were like, 
$700 a piece or something, you know? Yeah, I bet. Yeah, crazy. Um, Even like thousands yeah. probably. Right, yeah. For like nosebleeds. Like, so they're probably tens of thousands if it's like a good seat. Dang. Yeah. So how was how was the parade the next year when they won the whole thing? How would you describe the parade? Um, it was crazy. It was. I remember it being really hot. It, like there were so many. There was like one million, like five hundred thousand people there or something. Oh something. my god! Like there was. Did it like, feel like it? Did it feel like there's a million people? It felt like I was a sardine, like like smushed in this like very small container. Like there were so many people. Like the cars couldn't yeah. even get through. Like the, the cars are going so slow, and just like the kind, the people kind of just like went around them. Mm -hmm. so people. Did you see LeBron and all them driving through? Yeah, yeah. They each wow. were in their own car. Like LeBron, I remember LeBron was in his own car with Savannah and his kids, and then like everyone had their own little float, basically. Mm -hmm. That's so nuts. I remember watching it on TV. And I'm like that. Like I bet the city of Cleveland is so happy right now. We were so happy because it was like our only win in like 50 years or something so yeah like the indians haven't won and then the browns they, haven't won yeah the indians almost won that same year but yeah the cubs right then the cubs won yeah, the cubs yeah that was a crazy game two two cursed teams <laughs> yeah right like whoever wins is gonna break the curse yeah yeah and then the cubs won it that was wild mm -hmm. all right um let's switch topics real quick so you and your boyfriend have been dating for like 10 plus years. How did yeah. you guys, how'd you guys meet? Um, we met in high school. We met in English class. So. How was uh, like, like who came up to who? How was the first conversation go? I don't, I don't really know because like we had like mutual friends. So like we knew of each other. Um, but like we had, we had to split up into like reading groups. Like we were reading the Hunger Games and nice classic our, love yeah. story it, it seriously was that was like our that was like what brought us together basically because <laughs> like because um, like we we were like tasked to like read 100 pages or something that long I remember it was like a long weekend for whatever reason and I ended up reading the whole book because it was so good and then like Dang. the whole group like no one even read the 100 pages but Eric also read the whole book so we were just like <laughs> oh my God. we're talking about how good the book was that's and when you know yeah and then um i don't know we just started hanging out like through mutual friends and i played basketball i played jv basketball because i was sophomore year and um i don't know i was just he was just asking me about that because like we were talking about like nba and stuff and he was just like well how, like you know what are your games like and i kind of said well like you know they're just small like no one really comes to the girls games and he, he was like well i'll go i'll go i'll i'll go and support you what a like, nice guy. And he, he went to every game. Like, he literally what? went to every home game. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Game. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was putting in that work early, huh? Was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And then how did you guys become, like, official? Um, It was, like, a year of us, like, being really good friends. And then... Um, That's a long time, Kathleen. What yeah. the heck? A well, whole year? We were, like... How old were we? We were, like, 15, 16 so mm -hmm. yeah so how'd you know how'd you know when you're like okay i want to be official instead of just like close friends was there a um, moment where you're like this guy is going to be like a boyfriend material um i think i knew like he had a crush on me but then like i i think i was just like i don't like i don't know like i don't want to ruin like our friendship kind of thing but Classic. then like 
yeah classic friend zone kind of thing but like then he i know he went on a date with somebody and i remember <gasps> him, yeah oh my god and i told him like i wanted i wanted to be with him so he just like dropped the other girl like immediately no nah. <laughs> <laughs> he just went on one date like movies not a home record oh my god what was the girl's name can you say i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's that's awesome so so he, I think, I bet you he did it. He was like, listen, I'm going to test Kathleen. Maybe. I'm going to go on this day. And if she likes me, she'll say something. Or at least you can see it on her face that you'll be mad. Yeah. Maybe. You know? Yeah. Smart I mean, moves. I remember talking to his best friend about it, like when it happened. And he just was like, he was so mean to me. He's like, you lost your chance. He's moved on. Wow. <laughs> high school, huh? But like, so Yeah, so high school. But like, once I talked to him, he's just like, yeah, like, I'll stop talking to her. There <laughs> so. you go. And then yeah. what'd you guys do for the first date? You guys go to the movies or something? Yeah, we went to the movies. <laughs> Wait, did you guys watch the Hunger Games? No, well, we did, we did. But I don't think the Hunger Games was out when we first started dating. But we, we saw The Help or something. That was our first. Oh, uh, that's a good movie. Yeah. Dang, classic. Okay, so you guys have been dating 10 years. What's the secret to a long-term 10 years relationship? Like, how do you guys do it? Yeah um definitely i think communication you know and like communication comes with trust so having those two things is kind of everything because yeah. um, we, we were long distance for five years throughout college so um you know without that like you can't really have a solid that's like half your relationship yeah right right basically yeah yeah that's wild yeah um so what is what do you love most about him um, I really like that he's a very optimistic person. He's very, um, resilient, like in situations, like I'm more of a pessimistic person and I, I kind of let things get to me, but he kind of like, he's kind of like taught me how to like shrug things off or like, um, kind of realize like what's important. Like he, he can zero in on what's important in life and what he values in anything else is just kind of like white noise to him that's able to like kind of roll off his back and um sometimes i care about things that maybe i shouldn't really care about and he's kind of taught me how to um be more resilient in that way and kind of look on the positive side of things because he's, he's more he's more half glass full kind of person oh uh, and you're like half glass empty did i say yeah. that right glass half empty yeah there you go that, so you guys are like a, uh like a good match yeah, I would say we're a really good match. Yeah, we're we're similar in the areas that matter, but mm -hmm. we're different enough where we balance each other out. Dang! All right, all right. Respect, respect. Um, <laughs> next topic: Who <laughs> killed John Bonet Ramsey? Um, I, think, I think something with their parents. Some, I think something within the family. I don't think an intruder killed her. So I, f I kind of forget the case, but I do remember this was like a big deal, like in the 90s. Yeah. Right. And I, I, I think I do. Rem I thought like her dad maybe killed her. I, I think her dad had something to do with it. I don't know exactly what happened, but it's kind of like two theories that like someone came in, kidnapped her because there's a ransom note. There's like a really long three. It was a note. Yeah. There's a long three page ransom note. And the FBI says they never had a ransom note that long before it was taken from the pad of the mom and like 
with the same Sharpie pen that was in the house. And they said like, you know, we want this, like, um, John Ramsey is like a multimillionaire and they were asking for like $118,000 for their daughter. It's kind of like, why wouldn't you ask for more money? It turns yeah. out $118,000 was his bonus that year. His Christmas. What? Bonus. Yeah. <laughs> oh it's like, it's like who, would, who would know that? So it's just kind of like the, there are these things that are staged to make it look like an intruder. So some people think it was an intruder, but I kind of think, I, I think something happened in the house and I don't know. I don't know what, but I think that the family covered it up. It's, really, yes. it's a sad case, but it's an interesting one. How, like how deep have you gotten in this case? Sounds like you know a lot about the John yeah, Benet Ramsey case. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm just like in a true crime. Like I know a lot about like different famous true crime cases. Um, like I watch a b- bunch of documentaries on this case. Like I remember in college, like me and my roommate, kind of like one weekend like we kind of got into it and just like stayed up all night kind of like reading through things <laughs> and like creating our own stories I don't know I think that stuff is like kind of interesting yeah it's um, fun because it's it's dark you know and it's it's yeah. a real person yeah. that lost their life you know but True. it's interesting True. wait so what would be the motive of the parents killing her um I mean a lot of children die from their parents like the number one suspect always in murders of children are their parents. Like they're they're always the ones that likely killed them. Um, child abuse. Um, it usually probably child abuse. Probably. Like it was an accidental thing, but they took it too far one night. Yeah. I I think it might've been accidental. There's a theory that her brother accidentally killed her by like taking like a, when, you know, like, I don't know if they really have them anymore, but like, you know, in the nineties, like we had these like super big, long, heavy flashlights. You probably mm-hmm. have them in your house. Like they, they have a, there's a theory that like he whacked her over the head with it, but she's so little that like it, it, um, killed her. And then the wow. covered it up, but. So in, so in your professional opinion, professional opinion, do you think that the whole family was involved in it? I definitely think the the mom and the dad were involved in it. I don't I don't know if the brother was. It's possible. They said that the brother was asleep the whole night and basically the whole morning when the cops were called. But that seems really the hard. The whole morning too. He yeah. slept for twenty four hours. Okay. Much right. So it's kind what of like, the heck. It's kind of like why why are they making sure everyone knows that he was asleep the whole time? It's kind of like hmm. Yeah, because I'm sure he must have heard something well, i mean you realize your daughter is kidnapped wouldn't you be screaming and i would be going ballistic you know yeah geez yeah. so how did how did the whole thing end how did like the parents get off scot-free so um the police like had enough evidence to kind of proceed with an indictment trial and the charges weren't murder but there were two charges of like child endangerment and kind of like neglect of a child that led to like bodily harm, death, kind of, those were like the two charges. And the jury indicted them, but the um, district attorney decided not to proceed with um, the trial. And normally that doesn't happen. Usually the DA goes with whatever the uh, grand jury decides, but he didn't for whatever reason. And I kind of think there's like some politics going on because 
Um, the Ramses were a very influential family. They were very rich. Um, oh, yeah. They must have been loaded. If the dad's getting a $118,000 bonus in the 90s, fuck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they left on their private jet basically the day after she was found dead to go to Atlanta, which is where they're originally from. It's like, and they weren't, um, the family wasn't um, interviewed by the police until May, which was, how many months is that? Because she was, she was murdered in December. So one, two, like six three. months later, months later. So it's kind of like why, if your if your daughter was murdered, why wouldn't you help the police as much as you could yeah. to find who killed them? But they weren't, like they weren't very participatory in that. And their first interview actually was with CNN, like that a public kind of interview. So I don't know, very, wow. very odd things, very interesting things. The ransom note had a lot of quotes from movies, like mob movies and what? like that. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like someone's like thinking, oh, how would a ransom note be written? Like <laughs> yeah. kind of written, like their movie. If I, were, <laughs> if I were a bad guy, how would I write this? Yeah. And if it was written with their their notepad and their pen, would a kidnapper like stay in the house and write this very long note? Wouldn't they have like the note ready to go ahead of time? Yeah, like if you're gonna go in, do it quick. You're not gonna yeah. sit there and write a three page ransom yeah. note. And I remember watching a documentary where they like hand wrote the note verbatim, and it took like it took like twenty some minutes. Like, and they estimated probably would take forty minutes to like think of what to say and then write yeah. it. Yeah. That's a long time to be sitting in someone's house when you're committing a crime. So. That's so, yeah. So like, that's so sad that how this stuff happens and people get yeah, away with it. They must have had some kind of connections. Mm. I think so. I think so. Yeah. That's horrible. I wonder what they're up to now. Like, where are they now? The John Benny Ramsey's parents? Um, brother. Well, Patsy Ramsey, she died um, like 10 years ago from cancer. So Dang. she's... Yeah, but um, I don't know. I know John Ramsey. Um, I don't know. I think he's doing his thing. Uh, he, I know he dated or is still dating Natalie Holloway's mom, which is kind of interesting. If you know about Natalie Holloway, she mm -hmm. was this or she was this high school student that disappeared in Aruba. She, it was like oh this, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he dated her, his, her mom, and I know. What? He, yeah, I know. How weird is that? How do they meet? Like sketchy murders, anonymous. But, well, not I don't like she was probably murdered by someone on Aruba. I don't think her mom had anything to do with it. But like, <laughs> I mean, they both lost children. So yeah, like a grieving, a grieving counseling yeah. session or something. Yeah, really odd. <laughs> but I know he did an interview where he talked about how he doesn't have the wealth that he does anymore because of all the, you know, the lawyers and the, you know, court fees and stuff, which I think is kind of interesting because he never ended up going to court, you know, like why right. Yeah, so it's kind of like, where did that money go? Probably but, went to the casino and started banging <laughs> hookers or something, doing coke. I don't know, you know? Maybe. Yeah, Probably maybe. a psycho. But I remember the case in Aruba, because didn't the guy who was the suspect get, he got in trouble later on for killing somebody? Yes, he did. Yeah. A couple years later, kind of like the same thing. He just killed a, a woman and he yeah. got caught. So, yeah. so he finally got caught, but he must have did the first one. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think he did. But I, it's really sad because I don't think they'll ever find her body and like give closure to her family. Yeah, no, I'm sure he just like dumped her off the side of the cruise ship or something or. I mean, wasn't yeah. that. Um, they were on the island, but like. The oh. Red... So who, 
body's an ocean. There's no finding it, you know? Yeah. What a psycho. Sometimes I hate this world. I don't even know. Yeah, I agree. It's the worst. Speaking of this world, how much do you love Donald Trump? I don't. <laughs> Not a fan. Not a fan. I was told to ask you that. Um, I guess, were you... Were you excited, I guess, to see a new president uh, last month? Um, yeah, yeah. I was really excited to have someone different in office. Yeah. How would you describe the last four years? <sighs> the last four years have been hard. I feel like every day was like kind of exhausting. Like every day would be like more bad news, you know, gaslighting, just, you know, bad thing after bad thing, you know, different executive orders different like you know like children being put in cages you know like the the classic things that people criticize trump for mm -hmm. have you always been into politics or just recently um no not just recently but um i probably started get, getting into politics probably my, like my freshman year of college like really getting into it um so I've been like really informed on those kind of things probably since I was like 18, 19. So you stay up to date on the topics and current events yeah. and all that stuff? Yeah, I would say so. Okay. Okay. Um, were you surprised when Donald Trump won in 2016? Um, yeah, yes and no. I was, I, it was shocking. Like it felt like the whole world was upside down. That's kind of how it felt. Cause it felt like, how could this happen? But leading up to it, I was I was getting very worried. It was it, I, I the writing was kind of on the wall, I think. Yeah. Do you do you and your family share the same politics or no? Like, do you ever get in like debates with your friends and family and stuff? Um, both of my parents would have for Biden this election, so not necessarily. But I think I think my dad and I kind of argue because I feel like my dad, like my dad's a registered Democrat because he comes from like an Irish immigrant family, like they're pro-union, all that stuff. But like he is kind of like old fashioned in some areas of like, you know, he's like fiscally conservative. And so I kind of get in arguments with him about things. But um, no, with my mom, like we agree 100%. Um, I'm really close to my aunts. They're both um, liberal and my sister's left too. So mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, how did you get involved in politics your freshman year of college? Was there something that happened or something um, that think, really piqued your interest? College, yeah. I think when you go to college, um, your world opens and you're exposed to all these different kinds of people and backgrounds. Um, you travel more, so you're exposed to more culture. And then, you know, you're in higher education. So, and I, I went to a liberal arts school, so we were in a lot of um, social justice classes uh, philosophy classes and and um just like politics kind of related classics classes too and um it always sparked debate i was constantly learning um new things and um just as you learn more the more you realize how messed up everything is with um Fuck yeah. yeah how our country runs and our government you know and it, it makes you passionate and wanting more change like i would i would call myself a progressive i i um, I criticize the Democratic Party a lot because I think that they kind of reel progressive voters in, but they don't necessarily commit to their promises on those kind of things. And it's kind of unfortunate that I feel like we have two parties where one's conservative, one's moderate. I feel like 
the Democratic Party is kind of moderate, but we don't really have a progressive party. And um, that's like, that's why I voted for Bernie twice. I voted for Bernie in both primaries in 2016 and in 2020. Um, yeah, but, I was going to ask you, who was your favorite Democratic nominee? I guess. Uh, yeah, Bernie. Bernie. Yeah. How did you feel like when they, in 2016, when it was Haley versus Bernie, when they screwed Bernie out of the freaking election? I mean, they, they screwed him out of both. I mean, even this, even 2020 was more apparent, you know, because everyone in 2020, everyone pulled out at the exact same time to give all the votes to Biden. And it was very upsetting. Yeah, it's very upsetting. It's, it's, more, that. Yeah, it's more upsetting that the DNC would mobilize to stop somebody who is fighting for change, fighting for progressive ideals, rather than mobilize in um, stopping hyper-conservatives like Trump in enacting policies that kind of put our country backwards. Um, because a lot of times I feel like the DNC just throws their hands up. Well, it's Trump, you know, what can we do? And yeah, but then and when it's versus their own person, they put all this energy towards stopping Bernie. Yeah. Which I mean, Bernie is considered an independent. He, he technically isn't a Democrat, but yeah, it's very upsetting. It's, I was very upset both times, both times. Yeah. So that was, that was so shady. Um, how do you feel about, um, Tulsi Gabbard? I think she was probably my favorite candidate out of everybody. Tulsi Gabbard. Um, is she the one from Hawaii? Yeah, the Hawaiian, Hawaiian former, former military lady. I have to admit, I don't really know enough about her. I'm like confused on her politics though, because I feel like she would kind of flip flop. I don't, I don't know. I could be wrong, but like I feel like she'll say certain things, and I'm like, oh yeah, agree. And then like she'll say other things where I'm like, I'm confused. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure where she stands on stuff, but I know I've heard her speak a couple times and she's like anti-war, like basically for any reason. And she's kind of like Bernie, but oh. probably more anti-war. And that's, I mean, I don't really follow it that much, but she seems yeah. like she's more for the people than anyone on either party side, it seems like. Interesting. I mean, I'm all for anti-war. I'm all for that. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, but it seems like the Democrat and, and like the Republicans are both, they're both hooking up like the rich elite people just in different yeah. ways. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Yes. Super sad. Class mm. over everything. Yes. It's fucked up. All right. Um, last couple questions. Next one is, so you're vegan, right? Yeah. How did you decide on that lifestyle and how long have you been vegan for? Um, I've been vegan for almost four years. Um, but I was vegetarian my, pretty much my whole life before then. So going vegan wasn't that much of a change. It was kind of just giving up dairy and eggs and that's pretty much it. But um, um, I was just like having health issues, kind of like researching things. I found a bunch of different books by lots of different doctors that promote a plant-based diet and um, kind of went into the research on plant-based diets and how they are found to reverse heart disease. Um, there's new research showing that eating a whole food plant-based diet can prevent your risk for Alzheimer's. Um, there's just lots of good literature out there to support this kind of diet. And I didn't want to eat meat. You know, I know there's like paleo and all these other diets that involve eating meat and I didn't really want to do that. So um, I started eating plant-based and then kind of learned about like the ethical side of veganism. And it's, it's just, it's kind of all three reasons, um, health, um, 
you know, the ethics of it and then also sustainability um, because of um, how bad the industry is for the environment and for the planet. Because, um, you know, factory farming and the meat industry is a corporation that directly influences um, the health of the earth, basically. And they, they're they a huge polluter. They um, give, like, specifically cattle give off so much um, nitric gas that um, increases greenhouse gases that result from the atmosphere and um, and then also water supply because cattle have a lot of manure that runs into our water supply. And that's why um, a lot of times, like I feel like every year, like romaine specifically or different lettuces always get recalled. Um, and it's because of the water supply. The water supply is tainted. So when they're spraying different crops, um, the manure is causing this bacteria that like gets all these, all these produce, you know, things recalled and um, it's a big problem. And so I just, there's a lot of different reasons. And I just yeah, do it sounds it. like it. there's a lot yeah. of different reasons, but I just do it personally. You know, I don't preach or anything. I, you know, um, I never have, you know, I've been a vegetarian and people always kind of jump to conclusions. Uh, and so like, they'll make comments about my diet, but I would never make comments about anyone's diet. Um, so, but yeah. Yeah. Is it hard to be vegan? Do you find it difficult to eat what um, you need to eat? I don't think it is, but I've never really eaten meat before. So I don't know what giving up meat is like, but there's so many different alternatives, especially now, like just in the past four years, I've been vegan. There's so many different products to replace pretty much everything. And I don't, you know, I really like making, I really like cooking. I really like making, uh, like veganized versions of like food I used to eat as a kid. And, um, I enjoy doing that. And I think, you know, pretty much every restaurant I go to, I can find something to eat and it's not that big of a deal for me, but I know it's a big deal for other people. And I, you know, if they wanted to make changes, I just recommend, you know, like making small changes. You don't have to like completely commit to it, you know? Yeah. Um, Are you a big fan of the Beyond Burger and stuff like that? Um, I don't like, I'm all for that. And like, for example, like my boyfriend really likes that um, replacement, but I don't really like eating fake meat products. Like that's just not what I personally like, but yeah. um, I've tasted it before and it tastes legit, I think. And um, lots of people it's like legit. it. So. There you go. <laughs> I like it. All right. Last question. Um, I was asked by Katie to ask you this. Um, so she says that you make a very great pasta dish. What dish is it? How would you describe it? And can you make it and bring it into work? <laughs> I, I guess I could bring it into work. Um, I call it like a, like a big ZD cause it's like marinara sauce and then like cheese sauce and then like penne pasta. Um, I could find ZD pasta that's cause I'm gluten-free too for other reasons, but, um, I could find a gluten-free ZD, but, um, it's just marinara sauce. And then I make a cheese sauce, like in a blender, you just put cashews, um, salt, chili powder, lemon juice, garlic, and one date to kind of like sweeten it. Cause like cheese sauce. Ooh, okay. Sweet you know so it's it's not real cheese you could use it as grilled cheese yeah no 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 so it's not real cheese so oh it's no a it's vegan. not real cheese yeah it's vegan yeah it's made of cashew vegan, big interesting yeah. it's pretty good yeah i get a lot of compliments on it okay so there's no cheese and then gluten-free pasta yeah you could do regular pasta no you should make it however you make it usually and definitely bring it into work i want to try it it okay. sounds good and, and 
And uh, Katie said it was like amazing. And she asked you to make it every time you guys hang out. <laughs> yeah, she does. She's very nice about my, my recipe. <laughs> there you go. All right, Kathleen, that's all I got for you. Um, do you got any questions for me or anything? Um, no, thanks for having no. me. This is fun. Yeah, yeah, anytime. And I'm, I'll po try to post it tomorrow. I followed you on Instagram, so I'll tag you in Insta. Okay, sounds good. All righty, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate no it. No problem. Bye. See you later.